Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. Glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today, we're going to begin with day 63, March 3rd, Joshua chapters 9 to 12. Moving South and North. Overview. Divide and conquer is a classic strategy for military conquest, and Joshua uses it to perfection. With Jericho and I defeated, he has accomplished phase one dividing the land in half, thereby isolating the northern and southern confederacies. Next, he begins a mopping up operation in the south and then in the north, but the thrill of victory is tempered by the knowledge of what should have been. The Gibeonites, hearing the fate of Jericho and I, trick Joshua into signing a pact of protection, causing the Israelites to defend rather than defeat one of their enemies. Chapter 9 Craftiness of Gibeon. Chapter 10. Conquest of Five Kings. Southern Campaign. Chapter 11. Conquest of the North. Chapter 12. Counting up the score. Northern Campaign. Insight. An Almighty Ally. Joshua chapter 10, 12 to 14. The Israelites' victory over the Amorites was made possible by God's miraculous extension of the day so that the battle could continue, chapter 10, verses 12 to 14. The creator of the universe is powerful enough to intervene and change the natural course of things as he sees fit. Insight, a different outcome, Numbers 13, 32. Earlier, the scouts described Canaan as a land that will devour anyone who goes to live there, Numbers 13, 32. Yet during his seven-year conquest, Joshua and his army destroyed 31 kings and most of the Canaanites. Joshua chapter 9. The Gibeonites deceive Israel. Now all the kings west of the Jordan River heard about what had happened. These were the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites who lived in the hill country, in the western foothills, and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far north as the Lebanon mountains. These kings combined their armies to fight as one against Joshua and the Israelites. But when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, they resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They put on worn-out patched sandals and ragged clothes, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, We have come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. They replied, We are your servants. But who are you? Joshua demanded. Where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country. We have heard of the might of the Lord your God and all he did in Egypt 
We have also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Ashrath. So our elders and all our people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey, go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants, please make a treaty with us. This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, but now as you can see it is dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they are old and split open, and our clothing and sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety, and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with the binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. The Israelites set out at once to investigate and reached their towns in three days. The names of these towns were Gibeon, Kephira, Berath, and Kiriath-Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack the towns, for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. But the leaders replied, Since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live, for divine anger would come upon us if we broke our oath. Let them live, so they made them woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community, as the Israelite leaders directed. Joshua called together the Gibeonites and said, Why did you lie to us? Why did you say that you live in a distant land when you live right here among us? May you be cursed. From now on you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of my God. They replied, We did it because we, your servants, were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you this entire land and to destroy all the people living in it. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you. That is why we have done this. Now we are at your mercy. Do to us whatever you think is right. So Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them. But that day he made the Gibeonites the woodcutters and water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that is what they do to this day. Joshua chapter 10 Israel defeats the southern armies. Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this, because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the royal cities larger than I, and the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Param of Jarmuth, Japha of Lachish, and Deber of Eglon. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua, and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once. Save us. Help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. 
Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road of Beth Haran, killing them along the way to Askar and Makedah. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Haran, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon, and the moon over the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Joshua? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky, and it did, not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Joshua kills the five southern kings. During the battle, the five kings escaped and hid in the cave at Mecca. When Joshua heard that they had been found, he issued this command. Cover the opening of the cave with large rocks and place guards at the entrance to keep the kings inside. The rest of you continue chasing the enemy and cut them down from the rear. Don't give them a chance to get back to their towns, for the Lord your God has given you victory over them. So Joshua and the Israelite army continued to slaughter and completely crush the enemy. They totally wiped out the five armies except for a tiny remnant that managed to reach their fortified towns. Then the Israelites returned safely to Joshua in the camp at Mecca. After that, no one dared to speak even a word against Israel. Then Joshua said, Remove the rocks covering the opening of the cave and bring the five kings to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, and Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of his army, Come and put your feet on the king's necks. And they did as they were told. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua told his men. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do this to all of your enemies. Then Joshua killed each of the five kings and impaled them on five sharpened poles, where they hung until evening. As the sun was going down, Joshua gave instructions for the bodies of the kings to be taken down from the poles and thrown into the cave where they had been hiding. Then they covered the opening of the cave with a pile of large rocks, which remains to this very day. Israel destroys the southern towns. That same day, Joshua captured and destroyed the town of Mecca. He killed everyone in it, including the king, leaving no survivors. He destroyed them all, and he killed the king of Mecca as he had killed the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and the Israelites went to Libna and attacked it. There too the Lord gave them the town and its king. He killed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua killed the king of Libna, as he had killed the king of Jericho. From Libna, Joshua and the Israelites went to Lachish and attacked it. Here again the Lord gave them Lachish. Joshua took it on the second day and killed everyone in it, just as he had done in Libna. During the attack on Lachish, King Horam of Giza arrived with his army to help defend the town. 
but Joshua's men killed him and his army, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua and the Israelite army went to Eglon and attacked it. They captured it that day and killed everyone in it. He completely destroyed everyone, just as he had done at Lachish. From Eglon, Joshua and the Israelite army went up to Hebron and attacked it. They captured the town and killed everyone in it, including its king, leaving no survivors. They did the same thing to all of its surrounding villages. And just as he had done at Eglon, he completely destroyed the entire population. Then Joshua and the Israelites turned back and attacked Deber. He captured the town, its king, and all the surrounding villages. He completely destroyed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. He did to Deba and its king just what he had done to Hebron and Libna and its king. So Joshua conquered the whole region, the kings and people of the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, and the mountain slopes. He completely destroyed everyone in the land, leaving no survivors, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua slaughtered them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza and from the region around the town of Goshen up to Gibeon. Joshua conquered all these kings in their land in a single campaign, for the Lord the God of Israel was fighting for his people. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Joshua chapter 11 Israel defeats the northern armies. When King Jabin of Hazor heard what had happened, he sent messages to the following kings, King Jobab of Madan, the king of Shimron, the king of Aksaf, all the kings of the northern hill country, the kings in the Jordan Valley, south of Galilee, the kings in the Galilean foothills, the kings of Naphor, Dor on the west, the kings of Canaan, both east and west, the kings of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites and the towns on the slopes of Mount Hermon and the land of Mizpah. All these kings came out to fight. Their combined armies formed a vast horde. And with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like the sand on the seashore. The kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near Merim to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then you must cripple their horses and burn their chariots. So Joshua and all his fighting men traveled to the water near Merom and attacked suddenly. And the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. The Israelites chased them as far as Greater Sidon and Mezrofa, Maine, and eastward into the valley of Mizpah until not one enemy warrior was left alive. Then Joshua crippled the horses and burned all the chariots as the Lord had instructed. Joshua then turned back and captured Hazor and killed its king. Hazor had at one time been the capital of all these kingdoms. The Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no survivors. Not a single person was spared. And then Joshua burned the city. Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people, completely destroying them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But the Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mounds except Hazor, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took all the plunder and livestock of the ravaged towns for themselves. But they killed all the people, 
leaving no survivors. As the Lord had commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua. And Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. So Joshua conquered the entire region, the hill country, the entire Negev, the whole area around the town of Goshen, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountains of Israel, and the Galilean foothills. The Israelite territory now extended all the way from Mount Halak, which leads up to Seir in the south, as far north as Baal-Gad, at the foot of Mount Hermon, in the valley of Lebanon. Joshua killed all the kings of those territories, waging war for a long time to accomplish this. No one in this region made peace with the Israelites except the Hivites of Gibeon. All the others were defeated, for the Lord hardened their hearts and caused them to fight the Israelites. So they were completely destroyed without mercy, as the Lord had commanded Moses. During this period, Joshua destroyed all the descendants of Anak, who lived in the hill country of Hebron, Deber, Anab, and the entire hill country of Judah and Israel. He killed them all and completely destroyed their towns. None of the descendants of Anak were left in all the land of Israel, though some still remained in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. So Joshua took control of the entire land, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. He gave it to the people of Israel as their special possession, dividing the land among the tribes, so the land finally had rest from war. Joshua chapter 12 Kings defeated east of the Jordan These are the kings east of the Jordan River who had been killed by the Israelites and whose land was taken. Their territory extended from Anon Gorge to Mount Hermon and included all the land east of the Jordan Valley. King Sihon of the Amorites who lived in Heshbon was defeated. His kingdom included Ararah on the edge of the Anon Gorge and extended from the middle of the Anon Gorge to the Jabbok River, which serves as a border for the Ammonites. This territory included the southern half of the territory of Gilead. Sihon also controlled the Jordan Valley and regions to the east, from as far north as the Sea of Galilee to as far south as the Dead Sea, including the road to Beth Jeshimach, and southward to the slopes of Pisgah. King Og of Bashan, the last of the Rephaites, lived in Ashtaroth in Edri. He ruled the territory stretching from Mount Hermon to Selka in the north and to all of Bashan in the east and westward to the borders of the kingdoms of Geshur and Mekah. This territory included the northern half of Gilead as far as the boundary of King Sihon of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the Israelites had destroyed the people of King Sihon and King Og, and Moses gave their land as a possession to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Kings defeated west of the Jordan. The following is a list of the kings that Joshua and the Israelite armies defeated on the west side of the Jordan from Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak, which leads up to Seir. Joshua gave this land to the tribes of Israel as their possession, including the hill country, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountain slopes, the Judean wilderness, and the Negev, 
the people who lived in this region were the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. These are the kings Israel defeated. The king of Jericho, the king of Ai near Bethel, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, the king of Giza, the king of Deber, the king of Gida, the king of Horma, the king of Arad, the king of Libna, the king of Adullam, the king of Makeda, the king of Bethel, the king of Tapa, the king of Hefer, the king of Aphek, the king of Lasheron, the king of Madan, the king of Hazor, the king of Shimron Maran, the king of Akasaf, the king of Tanak, the king of Megiddo, the king of Kadesh, the king of Joitnam and Carmel, the king of Dor in the town of Nephoth Dor, the king of Goyim in Gilgal, the king of Terza, in all 31 kings were defeated. My daily walk, back to Livingstone, I presume. In 1871, after an epic search through the heart of Central Africa for the missing missionary David Livingstone, Sir Henry Stanley found the man he sought and spoke these famous words. Stanley presumed correctly, but more often than not, presumption can get you into trouble, particularly if it's presumption about God's word. Yesterday, you read about Achan, a man who presumed that he could take a few trinkets from the crumbling ruins of Jericho and paid for it with his life. Today, you read about godly Joshua falling into presumptuous sin by failing to consult the Lord. The scriptures make it very clear that presumption can bring serious consequences. What important decision are you facing today? Don't presume you can make a wise choice without God's help. With his spirit indwelling you and his word available to you, he can guide you into a wise course of action if you let him. Understanding can wait. Obedience can't. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Have a great day. God bless, and I will see you tomorrow. Lord willing. Peace.